welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. We are going. We are here with, is it Sakai? Is that how you say your last name? Yes, Sakai. Michelle Sakai. And this is the first time we're talking. How are you doing, Michelle? Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you here. You are on the East Coast in New York, right? Yes. Yes. Awesome. How is it over there? Uh, it's a cold day, but sunny. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't it's complain. Fun. Right. It's funny because I'm freezing in my place right now and it's like 60 degrees. It's horrible yeah. because I grew up in Wyoming at, where it was okay. like negative 40 degrees with a windshield. And now when it gets to 60, I'm like, I'm cold. So it's an adjustment. But um, but yeah, it's good to have you here. So I wanted to start out by asking you, you know, the elephant in the room, which is always COVID right now. How's everything with your art at the moment? Thank you. Um. I mean, I think right now it's a it's um it's a quiet time, so <laughs> it's it's yeah. giving me time, yeah, time to just kind of go inwards and um it's it's it feels like a break to me, which is which is nice, but I'm still active, you know, like with these podcasts and social media and staying yeah. connected and. Um, I'm still exhibiting. I have a show going on right now called Garden of Peace, yes. which um, is is all the work I pretty much created in the beginning of COVID. Um, it was interesting because um, I felt like you know it was it was a strange time for everyone where we didn't really know there's so much of, of the unknown, and um, I remember it still being spring, and you know everyone was like locked up in their houses but you know the flowers were blooming outside so yeah right I, <laughs> so i tried to bring like the outdoors in and um just paint something that was a little bit lively and still full of life and joy which was not really what was you know being talked about on the media and there was right. so much fear and concern in, in in the world and so i think as an artist like we we look for escapes and also the bright side of things maybe. Definitely. So, um, so that was my focus. And so through that, I created a, a body of work of really colorful, um, Clint like inspirational of uh, floral paintings of gardens. And so it's titled garden of peace. Um, yeah. And what I've seen, it looks very hopeful. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. And you use a lot of metal leaf and gold leaf in your work, don't you? I do. I 
I do. Yes. So, um, I started, um, playing around with gold leaf about 10 years ago and Mm -hmm. then it's really become a big part of my work. So now I, uh, basically cover my whole canvases with either gold, silver, copper leaf, and then I use oils uh, on top of it and then layers and layers of leafing and oil paint. So, uh, it creates this, this depth and, and texture, which I love. And, and Me it's too. very reflective. Yeah. I've seen your work too. It's super colorful. Yeah. Um, and I love texture. Infatuated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being a plein air painter, um, for many years, I mm-hmm. used to work a lot with palette knife. Yes. So that was a lot, that was so much fun with getting, you know, the texture like that. And then, um, now I have the, the leafing that brings in so much texture and some of my uh, smaller paintings, which I, I, I call my 12 by 12s mm-hmm. and the leaf actually is three dimensional. So, you know, if there's any wind blowing or, you know, the leaves move as well. Oh, that's which cool. Is, yeah. Which is really fun and reflective and depending on the time of day, it, it reflects into the painting. So sometimes in my studio, it's like sunset the pinks and the orange will reflect into the painting. So it's like the painting's always evolving and it always looks like a new piece. I love it. Yeah. You work on glass sometimes and plexiglass Mm -hmm. and you get a kind of a similar effect from the light and whatever's reflecting off it kind of adds another element to the work itself. Um, Exactly. Now with the gold leaf and the metal leaf, I have never actually worked with that. Is it something Mm -hmm. that you ever have to worry about? as far as uh, like a change in temperature, a change in humidity, mm-hmm. does it ever flake? Does it ever bubble? Does it ever mm-hmm. come off? It's definitely very fragile working with the leafing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it is sensitive to a lot of uh, humidity and temperature and all that. But um, I, def- I varnished all my work afterwards and that, that was something I start I learned later on. So yeah. Um, because I would notice that the leaf would change in color due to sunlight. But now that I varnish, it's pretty secure. So it doesn't really alter too much. Nice. Okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do any resin on top of it? Nope. No, no resin. I'm pretty, I'm pretty old school when it comes yeah. to the, with, with, I'm very, I've been trained very traditionally. So yes. um, the oils, you know, you're taught like not to mix with any, I mean, the traditional way. Right. So, right. Um, so besides the leafing, I think, which is actually the leafing is also quite traditional. So yeah, it <laughs> maybe is. it's all traditional. <laughs> yeah. I kind of grew up the same way. I had an old school Boston mentor and he was okay. 40 years and he, he always taught us how to do everything. The only thing we really didn't do, I mean, we stretched all of our own canvas, you know, um, okay. the only thing we really didn't do was mix our pigments, but, um, okay. that's that right. I definitely want to get into too. Do you do any of that? No, I don't. I, we did, we did make our own glues, you know, with the rabbit skin and things like that. But yeah, um, we, I, we never made our own pigments. I did learn a lot about pigments and, you know, I spent a lot of time, um, you know, going to these different academic, academic programs. Um, I spent time learning about the, you know, which, which colors are, are more translucent and mm-hmm. things like that and learned a little bit about pigments, but we never actually made our own. It just seemed like too much work. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. If you got time on your hands and you're a traditionalist, it's something that yes. I know there's certain artists that are very interested in that. And I'd like to learn it, but I don't know if I would, I don't know if it's very practical 
moving forward, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, how did you hear about the podcast? Um, how did you, you know, stumble upon it? I think one of, well, one of my interns actually found, um, found it and then uh, brought it up to me. And oh, cool. Asked. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And now we've been following each other on Instagram. I've been stalking yeah. you. I saw you preparing oh, some canvas the other day with some, uh, I, was, I don't know if it was gold leaf or metal leaf, but um, yeah, it was interesting. So you start your canvases that way. Yes. Yes, like I whole, do. The I, whole canvas basically. Yes. Yes. I used to just bring in little flakes into my paintings, but mm-hmm. um, it, it transformed from, you know, working with little bits and pieces to then covering the whole canvas. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, I, I always ask artists about their origin story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you've got a fascinating one and you've multifaceted, which I love. Uh, so why don't you take us through a little bit of your origin? You can start as early as you want and you can take as much time as you want. But anything you think is um, interesting to your story of how you evolved as an artist? Sure, sure. Um, so I grew up in Long Island and I had an interesting, um, I guess, introduction to art because um, I did grow up with a family of collectors as well as having uh, a, a private teacher who was actually trained in art schools in Moscow where he was working on restoration work in in all of the uh, you know churches and whatnot out in Moscow and he oh, nice. yeah so I was lucky to have him teach me from quite a young age I, I don't remember exactly it might have been around five or six and I at the same time was going to an arts local art school uh, learning watercolors and then um, moving on to oils at 13 but the you know the the, the European the late teachings, age of 13 <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the European um, teachings are as you probably know are very very different to American schools and yeah so I really owe everything to him and um, like I said earlier about you know, learning all the, you know, proper, how to hold a brush to the proper ways of laying out your paint onto the palette to, right. um, you know, and then, and then going through, um, plein air with him where we would go out outdoors, whatever, whether it was, whether it was snow or rain or, you know, whether it was super cold or, and, um, he, we would have like two, two or three canvases around and we just, we would just, you know, he would time me and I would, I would paint and it was a very academic way of learning. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I trained that way pretty much, um, I think until college I worked that way. So I was, I was really heavily into the plain air world. I, um, I studied at the Academy of New York as well, plain air, Mm -hmm. and then also did some Laguna you know, was part part of the Laguna, Laguna Art Association oh, yeah. um, in plain air, and I'm sure everyone always knows that one because yeah, they're definitely. so big, right? Um, but, but also, I, just, I was going to ask you real quick, just to pause you. Um, the interesting thing about plain air, which uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it it really kind of teaches you how to work with constraints, too. time constraints, lighting changes, um, you know, different elements that are happening. Did you find that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that. Yeah, it's it's definitely you know Mother Nature. I think is like the best teacher 
for painting because, you know, for so many reasons, but being outdoors and having to take something that's three dimensional onto a two dimensional canvas, uh, I mean, is really difficult and teaches you form and light, color, shadow, everything. And then, and then as well as capturing all of the, you know, the temperature to motions to all of that is a whole nother level onto that. So it was, you know, I remember I also studied an abroad program um, at La Llocha in Barcelona. And I remember, you know, going to the same spot, like for two weeks, every day you had to go, you know, because I had to go at the same time every day to capture the same light, you know, so if it was raining, I wouldn't be able to go. And if it was too late, I couldn't, you know, finish the painting. So it had to be the same time every day. And then, you know, I remember sketching and going through all that. But by the you know, a couple of months later, I was, you know, I found myself working quicker and quicker and I no longer needed to sketch. I just would, you know, go out and just start dive right in into the painting. So I definitely evolved as a planar painter. And then, you know, next I was able to create these five minute paintings and, or sunset paintings where you, you know, you have 15, 20 minutes to do the whole painting, you know, cause the yeah. sunset's very fast. So exactly. Um, so that definitely That's exciting. was it's cool. a good, yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience. Um, but then, you know, there came a point where I just felt like, you know, there's only so many ways you can paint a tree. And, and, right. and, and I think I was looking for a deeper, uh, more satisfying um, cr- creative process for me. And, and, and that was when I started, you know, when the muse became internal. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, focused within rather than, you know, looking outward for subject matter. And um, that's when I felt like I was a, a new painter all over again. Oh, yeah. I completely understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. find, you know, that you're just as deep as anything you can find outside. You can just focus in on yourself and it's an endless uh, well of creativity, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also when you're working in plein air, I was, um, I was so interested in in making the landscape and my painting beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. So like you're constantly trying to enhance the image and um, whereas when, you know, abstract and it's like where, where I'm painting, the way I'm painting now, it's just, it's, it's really authentic to whatever it is I'm feeling in the moment. And it, it, it's, and I'm not trying to, you know, make something beautiful. I mean, hopefully in the end it ends up that way, but it's not like a goal, you know, in, in, in the process of, of the work. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's kind of a good segue into an element of your work and your kind of mindset about your art that I align with, which is the ability for art to heal. And yes. I, I love that. And we're going to get all into that. You're the spiritual side, but <laughs> I wonder if you could talk a little bit about your experience with art being a healing force in your life. And I'm assuming for your collectors as well, the viewer. Yeah, I, I, I definitely found that, you know, once I made the switch and started working within that it, it became really healing for me personally, because mm-hmm. um, I you know, work from a place where, you know, I don't have any expectation as to what I'm going to create and except for being authentic to whatever it is that I'm feeling in the moment. So, um, 
think having that as my focus, then, you know, you let go of any expectation of, of what it is you're going to create for it to look beautiful or a certain way. Right. And kind of get out of your own way a little bit. Yeah. I I say like, you know, putting my ego to the side and just connecting to, you know, that deeper part of ourselves Mm -hmm. that, you know, it doesn't really get much attention, I think, as much throughout the day. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I completely agree with that. I always find, I'm, I'm sure people are tired of hearing this, but I always find when I'm too much in my own head or I'm intellectualizing it too much or trying to come up with a conception of what I want it to be, that's when I struggle the most. When I get out of my own mm-hmm. way and I kind of just get in the moment and focus on my breath and get into the work, then it comes alive. Or it allows me to discover something that I wasn't really open to discover before. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. I love that about your work. I think that's something I knew we would be able to talk about. So what about your spiritual development? It sounds like you have done quite a bit. I saw that you uh, got a degree or certificate from the Chopra Institute, right? Yes. Yes. And, in San Diego. Yeah. In San Diego. Yeah. And I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about primordial sound meditation because you're an instructor there. My wife and I, one time uh, back in the day for my birthday, she took me to, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but it's called the Integratron and it's out in Joshua Tree, kind of out in the desert. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. a sonic uh, or sorry, a crystal sound bath. Yes. Sticks are amazing. I was wondering if it was similar at all and if you could talk about it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so primordial sound meditations actually, um, it reflects back to the sound that was on the planet, on the earth when, when you, you became into the manifest. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that depends on several things, your date, your date of birth, um, your location of birth, um, where the sun was in reflection to your the moon and the planets and all of that and that sound the vibration of the earth in that moment is the is your specific sound so that is the sound that you meditate oh i on. see yeah yeah and so it's how do you get to that how do you kind of synthesize down to that sound um it's they have a system similar to like if you go online and you type in you know, your location, date of birth, and then like your chart spits out, right? It's similar, oh, similar okay. to that. Yeah. So you can get that sound and then that's, that's what the meditation is on. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, is mm-hmm. it, would you say it's similar to transcendental meditation or, or not? I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, but there is, you know, a connection with all meditation, you know? So, of course. um, so on that in that aspect, I think it, it is similar, but in terms of the process, it's a bit different. Okay, and so mm-hmm. how do you do? How do you do, you do like a guided meditation? Because um, I know you're instructor, or like do you show up at somebody's house, or do you lead something in a group uh, format? So, I mean, currently I'm not uh, teaching primordial sound. Um, okay, if if somebody is interested in learning, um, I'm happy to walk them through, but I, I'm not, um, you know, a lot of these certifications that I have, including shamanism and things like that, are, it was just really for my own knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I do start my day personally with guided meditations. Um, but before I work, I just, I just do, um, breathing techniques and, um, yeah. meditation that way. 
mm-hmm. um, just to get myself aligned. And, um, and so before I work, that's, that's usually my process. Yeah, that's cool. I love it. There's so many different types of meditation. Even you could even mm-hmm. consider walking being a meditation, right. you know, right. Um, right. for me, I've kind of developed my own over the years. I, pro- I think I've been meditating for close to two decades now and I just have developed a different, a few different types um, where I'm just silent and I have this integral breathing technique I do, which kind of takes me out of my head, but also focuses on my, my breath work. And it really works for me, but um, I find that yeah, everybody's different. It is. It's so personal. You know, it's, it's, it's such a personal thing. It's, it's like language. You yeah. know? It, it, it's, and I find that I, you know, when I was studying, I also studied Ayurveda at mm-hmm. the Chopra Center and um, you know, some of the meditations using Sanskrit, it's like some people really don't connect with it at all and others do. Right. And so I, I think it's like cooking and, and cooking with your, your home food and what speaks to you and what you feel close to mm-hmm. is I think what, what is most powerful. Yeah, I agree. And certain people need something a little, to be a little more cerebral, for example, to latch into it. And other people are more emotion-based. Right. Well, it's interesting for me, a lot of my transition from being like an old school pop surrealist painter, I did a lot of dark um, figurative work. And then Mm -hmm. I did that for, you know, over a decade. And then I transitioned Mm -hmm. to abstract and um, very colorful textured work. And Mm -hmm. a big transition for me was in my life too, at the time, becoming more spiritual and, Mm -hmm. and quitting certain habits that I had that were kind of holding me back. And I don't think Mm -hmm. I would have been able to do that without spirituality. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what spirituality means to you in your work. And if that happened for you, like for me, I know one of my gateway people was Eckhart Tolle. Um, Yes. Same with me. Oh, really? Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, wow. I found myself going to his uh, program in Norman in Nor- Norway. I don't know if you went to that one. No, no, I didn't. Was and that the his, one that they filmed? Um, yeah, they well they film at every one. I, I've I've gone to like maybe six or seven of his of his uh, programs now, yes. but he's done a few in Carlsbad and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of his as well. <laughs> I'm such a huge fan. Yeah, I've, did, I've been yeah. to a couple of his talks. I haven't been to like a retreat with him, but yes, I listened yes. to him a lot. I've got like all yes. of his books, his audio books. Yes. Like, so I used the to power, just YouTube him a lot, you know? Yes, me too. The power of now is definitely what, what chain was definitely uh, a big impact yes. know, for me. It okay. was for me too. And it was interesting to hear him talk about for the first time, I mean, he just put it in such simple words that made me understand and go, oh yeah, that's what's going on with me. The whole, right. I cannot live with myself anymore. Like mm-hmm. there's two people mm-hmm. living in your same body when he had that mm-hmm. break from it. And I, mm-hmm. I love that. So that was the mm-hmm. origin of me being able to kind of step back and witness mm-hmm. my own thoughts, not judge mm-hmm. them and kind of learn from that. So I was wondering if you could speak, maybe it is Eckhart, um, but how did your, or how did your spirituality kind of transition into your work and how do you incorporate it into your work? Yeah, so um, I went like I was talking earlier about my plein air painting. Um, they're definitely when I when I went into this into this journey <laughs> of um, spirituality, I I definitely started seeing my work change. Um, I I don't know what came first is what I what I always think about. It was it my work that <laughs> that <laughs> took me down that road, or was it 
me changing and you know then my work in turn changing i don't i don't mm-hmm. i don't know but it was simultaneous and i remember um the bridge between the landscapes and the abstract i, I started painting a series of of sky paintings and mm-hmm. i remember incorporating some of the gold leaf and silver leaf into the painting and and i just i don't know why i just kept painting skies and um later on it made sense because you know skies are so abstract and yet it's also a landscape and it yes. was a perfect bridge going from working figuratively to non-figuratively and so it makes it makes sense now but at the time i i didn't know what was happening um and i remember i ne- i was having an exhibit and they asked me what you know what are you going to name the show and i couldn't think of a title in the middle of the night i had the word awakening come oh, to nice. me and I, that's the title of my book today is Awakening. And it's a compilation of 200 of my most recent abstract paintings in the last like two, three years, along with personal quotes. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I was going to get so, in your book, but yeah, I'd love to talk about it now if you want. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, it just, it just all came to me. But yeah, it was, um, I have these, these thoughts that come while I'm working and sometimes I jot them down or um, I, I, have them in my phone and then so I, I collected all these thoughts and decided to make a book with my with my work in it shell sakai aphorisms i love it that's so cool <laughs> so it's all your own quotes then yes it's all my personal quotes oh that's yeah. nice i love mm-hmm. it very cool mm-hmm. yeah i um i've written some some books i read, wrote a couple novels that nobody's ever read and um a compilation of poetry and paintings too where i Cause I was always like punctuating the novels with poetry because poetry was another way that I felt like I was accessing a similar side of myself as painting mm-hmm, I'm sure that's mm-hmm. with, the, with these mm-hmm. phrases and aphorisms. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. And I think, I don't know if you're the same, but I learned a lot from writing that I could apply mm-hmm. to art. It was like my friends and I, sometimes we would just write, we'd write stanzas and we'd just go, okay, now you, okay, now you, okay, now you and we just wouldn't have any time to think and you just jump into it. And it was a really nice way to kind of work that muscle and access that side of yourself without giving it too much mm-hmm. um, conscious thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any anything like that, or or these were more kind of the opposite that came out while you were while the mind was still? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm not. I don't think uh, um, writing and is really my language for creativity. I don't. I like. I was never drawn to poetry <laughs> or anything. So right. I think for me, it was like having these thoughts come and kind of um, ideas while, while I was actually painting. Yeah. Cause I'm not really a writer. I don't really think I, I was, I, I, I um, you know, I appreciate it very much and sure, but, but it's not natural. It doesn't, painting is very natural to me, like holding a brush, you know, colors yeah. and, you know, I, I, it feels just, just so natural and, um, just design, um, composition, things like that, you know, visual things. But when it comes to writing and yeah, it was not really my language. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt the same way until it was, it was like, I got into yeah. Bukowski at, at a really dark part of my life. And it was like, all yeah. of a sudden I just understood poetry. It just was like, Oh, okay. This makes yeah. sense to me now. And all yeah. of a sudden I was able to do it, but, um, yeah. I would have never considered myself a writer before that writer. point either. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. So I guess we're able to surprise ourselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you're Persian and Japanese, right? As a, your, yes. your background. 
Yes, yes. My mother is Japanese and my father is Iranian. Cool. Yeah, I love, I don't know much about um, Persian culture, but I love Japanese culture. When I was in college, I had a lot of Japanese friends and my girlfriend and I at the time actually went over to Japan and um, we visited. We went to Tokyo and Nagoya and and, uh, Kyoto. And oh, I love, it was so amazing. And we actually did this tradition. We stayed with all the families. So we got all oh, the, wow. you know, the, the non-tourists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We actually That's went the to best a, way to do it. It's so, yeah, I agree. I would, I would almost say it's the only way to do it, but some people don't have that luxury. But um, mm-hmm. we actually went to a bond dance, if I'm saying that right. It was like a traditional dance in, I can't, I can't remember the village we were in, but it was this huge production and National Geographic was there you just learn the dance and get in the circle and just start, you know, going around town. It was phenomenal. But I remember really latching into the peacefulness of the culture and like the rock gardens, Mm -hmm. the temples. And I love Mm -hmm. the precision of Japanese Mm -hmm. culture Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the beauty that comes from that. So I was wondering Mm -hmm. if your background also, uh, I'm sure it does, uh, but does your background in um, Japanese culture, does that feed into your work at all or... Yes, yes, definitely. I, I, I think, I think we can't help but to carry, you know, these images and you know from childhood. I mean, I grew mm-hmm. up going to Jap- Japan every summer from when I was born till oh, you know awesome. college, and I still I had three shows there in um, the year before last. Uh, so I, 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 I try to go often. Um, but when I was growing up, I was going every summer and we spent, you know, two months out of the year and I would go to school with my cousins. And, um, I also was going to Japanese nursery school, um, here in New York. And, and then it it continued, uh, after school, Japanese school till I was like 13. Um, but I was, yeah. So I, I definitely, you know, understand the culture and, and I do appreciate the, I want to say like the simplicity and the, mm-hmm. and you know so much of Japanese culture is like not what's said but what's what's not said yes. <laughs> you know and Definitely. and so similar to the to art it's like it's the negative space you mm-hmm. know it's like what's not being portrayed it's like you have to use your mind and imagination and um and stillness to to understand and to appreciate the work. And I think that simplicity has always stayed with me and um, that kind of Zen thinking and the ideas have definitely been, I think, a foundation in my work. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm very jealous that you were able to go there every year. (laughs) I want to go back. I want to take my wife. Yeah, I think you know when you're when you're little, it's like oh, I don't you know you don't appreciate it as much, and Japan I think things again. are different. Yeah, yeah, and you don't like what's different, and you know they don't speak English, and you're kind of <laughs> right. like frustrated. But um, and now I definitely uh, appreciate it, and and having exhibited in my grandparents' hometown like two years ago was definitely you know g- going full circle for me oh, to be able so to cool. show there. I mean, they no longer sadly they they're not alive, but um, still having a presence in my art there definitely uh, it was it was emotional. Oh yeah, did they recognize your your roots in the show that you were from there and your, your, your... yes yes um, so my 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 the hometown is is a very small 
village. So I had to show it in the closest city, which is mm-hmm. Niigata. That's the bigger city. Okay. So um, that's where I showed. But yeah, I still had you know lots of friends and supporters. So they came and some family as well, my cousins and aunts and uncles. So it was it was it was nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You, so you've had a pretty impressive you know collection of shows and uh, representation. You're represented by what four or five different galleries? Is that am I? I don't even it. know now. You're um, like, there's so <laughs> many, I don't no, even remember. No, it's not like, it's that many. I just, it's no, just, just you know, I also have sh- shown and, you know, have just had exhibits in places, not necessarily, um, you know, still there. So, um, but I am yeah, right. shown throughout, throughout the States. Um, I'm in Santa Fe and Miami, New York, uh, Texas, a couple of, different places in California. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny. I know you've been doing this a while too. I've been doing this almost two decades. And once you've been mm-hmm. doing this for a while, you, there's so many galleries that you've been a part of, or you've done shows with, they're just no longer there anymore. That's true as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's funny. We've outlasted them all. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So we talked about your book. Um, I wanted to talk about that, but um, what I normally ask people is, because I think of artists a little bit like superheroes. And I was just wondering if you had like a superpower. I always ask people this, like something that gets you, I think you alluded to this a little bit, but if you're not in that mood of creating, if you're having a block uh, or something like that, is there some technique that you use or, or habit that you use to get you into that creative mindset? Hmm. Um, and maybe not. I think, um, I think, I mean, for me personally, it, it is rare to, to, to be like, well, I don't know what I'm going to paint because yeah. to be honest, I, I never know what I'm going to paint until I actually have the brush onto the canvas. So it's not like I, I mean, right. I may have an idea sometimes, but I'm, I may not necessarily, I mean, I don't, I don't usually know what it's going to turn out to be, but, but I also, you know, have times where, you know, like a, a couple weeks go by and I just, and I don't paint and I take mm-hmm. the break. Um, oh, that's so, good. Yeah. And I think that's important. Um, I think I never force myself to work. To, um, uh, and, and I am probably like a lot of artists where, you know, if I'm having an exhibit, I end up cramming and I'm like, yeah, oh, right. I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta get more work, you know, in, done. But yeah. um, I mean, I think, but that's fun too. The, yeah, I think taking the time to enjoy whatever it is that excites you I think it's, you know, I work with kids and, and they really teach me so much. It's like the more I feel like as I get older, it's like you're just constantly trying to unlearn everything that you have. All the bad habits, to yeah. Like, to be back, you know, thinking like, you know, having that childlike pure, pureness. and um, I completely agree. And so I think I never work when I don't feel like it. I don't know. <laughs> but I I try to just, you know, for me, travel and enjoying, you know, family and good food and things like that is, is really just what fuels, fuels me. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, having that balance of being, you know, still trying to enjoy life, but also, you know, needing, you know, the reality of working and, and trying to finish, have artwork. But yeah, I don't, I'm, I, I tend to just, you know, I, I work when, if, if I don't, if I know that there, it's just not there that day, I, I accept that. I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit in my studio and 
force myself to be in there and create. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of, I think. Well, well maybe that's from. the superpower is your ability <laughs> to recognize that and replenish, you know, cause a lot of people don't replenish. A lot of people are just, okay, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I gotta... And taking that time to feed your creativity or feed yourself in other ways is important. Right. Yeah, I think I think I I do I do believe that we need sleep. We need. Oh yeah. We need um, my wife. support. You know, like whether it's your partner, or it comes from your friends, or it comes from your family. Mm-hmm. Um, having that support and um, and it's okay. You know, it's okay to not have. To, you know, you don't have to be at it every single day or, or, you know, push yourself when it's not there. I think, you know, one of the things that I learned I, through all the years is really, I was also learning when to stop, you know, when to stop with, yes. with painting also, which I'm sure you understand. It's like, you spend all these years at school that it's like, they, they don't teach you when to stop. And I think that's something that no one can teach you. I think that's just experience It is, and, and learning and I would say about yourself. Right? intuition definitely and learning about yourself and how you work and knowing when when you've hit because we've all we all have our own thresholds and hours where we can keep going oh yeah um and so and then there comes a point where you can keep going but it's all unproductive right so so i think like knowing that when is that point and um and i think that in itself is is really important as an artist yeah, it's like you cross over to that point where there's diminishing returns. You know, you're not, even if you're still working, you're not getting that level of work you mm-hmm. want. I used to mm-hmm. um, work a day job that I hated and I would like set aside a couple of days to paint. And sometimes mm-hmm. I would be so excited and anxious to paint that I would mm-hmm. start at like 4 p.m. And sometimes mm-hmm. I wouldn't stop until six in the morning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wow. And, yeah. and that was great, but there were times when I definitely got fatigued and I probably should have, mm-hmm. you know, reeled it in. But, um, mm-hmm. well, here we're at that break point. Do you mind coming okay. back for, I've got a few more questions for you. Sure. You coming back? sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, let me stop this one sec. All right. We're back with Michelle Sakai and, um, yeah, I, I've got nothing else. No, just kidding. Um, what about some, <laughs> I always say biggest failures and people always push back on this and I know exactly what they mean and I agree with it. I don't think anything's really a failure, but just for the sake of the show, do you have anything that you did in your art career or in your life that would maybe be considered at the beginning a failure and that you really learned something from? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I think, well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, which maybe later on I'm going to have a better answer that comes to mind. But, <laughs> You're going to call um, me up in the middle of the night. I've got it. <laughs> But I, when I was in, in studying, learning plein air, and um, I was, I went to a program called Marshutes Academy, mm-hmm. uh, and it was in the south of France. And I was really excited to go. And when I went there, um, I was a bit disappointed in the program. And we didn't really have a lot of the, it was a lot of it was in studio, which, which I was like, Oh, we came all the way out here in this beautiful place. And I came right. to paint, you know, the lavender fields and, and go where, you know, um, all of these French impressionists have gone to, to paint and um, like Cezanne. And, and I was a bit, I was a bit disappointed. And so I had this opportunity to um, 
I think we're losing so, you a little bit. Is it okay? Oh yeah. Now I think now you're back. Okay. Sorry. So I, yeah. So I, I left, um, I was in this program and I was very disappointed because I was, you know, expecting that we we're going to be painting outdoors and everything. And I had this opportunity where the, um, my, my teacher from a young age, he introduced me to his, who he used to paint with when in, in Russia. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was also in the South of France and Nice at the time. So he said, why don't you go meet him and, and go paint the streets with him? And I was like, well, I'm going to leave this, you know, really well accredited this program and go paint with a random guy, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and who I don't know and all that. But, and he said, well, if you want, he's going to be in Normandy, like next week, which is north of Normandy, north of France. Mm-hmm. And why don't you go and paint, paint there? So, you know, I, I, after like a couple more days in the program, I was like, I can't do this. And they, they were like, well, we're going to fail. We're going to have to fail you. And all the time you've spent here is not going to count. Um, and it was, it was definitely taking a risk because I spent a lot of money. I couldn't get the money back and they were going to fail me. And it was going to be, you know, written on my, um, whatever it was that, you know, that I, I failed this program, but, um, I ended up following my, my heart and, and leaving the program and, um, getting an F and going to meet this guy in Normandy. And I don't know if you know, but it's it, in the summertime, it's going from the South of France. It's like 80 degrees to going to Normandy where it's freezing. <laughs> uh, I got there and I was like, Oh no, what did I do? And I made a huge mistake <laughs> <laughs> and trying to find, you know, the house that I was staying in. And it was all, I ended up, you know, this lady who, um, she had a, had like a farm. She was on a farm. It was all farms in Normandy, right by the beach. But you know, there's barely anyone there. And she usually hosts a bunch of artists in her house, but it was no one but me and, and the guy, the, the art teacher. So I was like, Oh no, what did I come to? <laughs> but it ended up being an amazing experience. And he taught me so much and we just painted every day. Oh, and awesome. we went to all these different locations and, you know, I didn't really meet, see anyone and I was on the, it felt like a retreat almost, but yeah, but it, you know, and getting the milk from next doors, you know, it was very, it was very, you know, it was, it was a farm and it, but it was, it was so interesting and a great experience coming from, you know, New York city and living this, this kind of uh, concrete lifestyles. It was a nice change. And again, I learned all. And, and, and so we ended up going from Normandy, then going down to Nice. And then we would hop on the trains and go into Italy with, you know, Ventimiglia and all those, all those little towns mm-hmm. and um, just get off the train and paint, get back on and ship my paintings home and keep, keep going. It was, it was really, it was a thrill. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. And it sounds yeah. like you got almost like a mentorship out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. I Instead of being one, a number of the people who are doing something that you didn't like, you took a risk and you ended up getting this one-on-one experience, which is amazing. Yes. Yes. I think, I mean, at the time I'd, everyone thought I was crazy and I did too. And yeah. my parents were against it. Everyone was really against it, but <laughs> so you never know, right? Yeah. yeah you never know. 
but it sounds like mm-hmm. you almost, it was an, uh, an intuitive thing there too. Yeah. You talked about your parents and earlier you talked about having a support group around you. Have your parents or family members been supportive of your choice to be an artist? Yes. I, um, luckily, uh, my, my father was, you know, is our collector in fine art right. and antiquities. So I was very lucky that I was, um, that that was, you know, I, I was exposed to such beautiful art and from a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I also grew up playing the violin. So at like three or four, I started playing. And that was actually my first high school job was going to other, you know, kids and teaching them violin. So cool. I, I, it was always violin and art, my mm-hmm. upbringing. And I ended up choosing art. But I think you can't, unless you give 100% to something, I don't think you can like really become a master or, you know, go follow that path. So I... You have to give it your all, you know, you just do. Unfortunately, so. I agree with you because yeah. I had so many passions. And when I went yeah. to school, I was like a kind of a double major theater and fine art. And my mentor, my, the painter I was telling you about in Boston, he took me up to dinner before I came down to Los Angeles. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go down and paint and act. You know, I'm going to do both. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, you're going to be an artist. And I was like, uh, no, I think I could do it. He's like, no, you're going to be an artist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. And then two years later, after I, you know, got, I just hated waiting for the phone to ring with acting. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm an artist. And I just completely went down that route. And I'm so happy that I did. So I agree with you. You spread yourself too thin. You can't really have the time you need to devote to really master your craft, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and yeah, it's interesting because I say biggest failures. You were actually hit the nail on the head. Technically, with the school, they gave you an F, which is a fail. So you turned a fail into, uh, into something <laughs> awesome, which is great. Do you have any advice to uh, to young Michelle coming up? And this obviously could be for other people too. But uh, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? Well, a lot of things. <laughs> but um, one would one would probably be, you know, I here I am, you know, I'm an abstract painter, considered to be one. I um, was against it my whole life, and I avoided all the art schools that I went to. Believe me, I went to a lot of <laughs> different art schools. I, I I avoided it. You know, I hated it. I didn't connect with it. I I, I was always, you know more of a traditionalist and and here I am painting abstract so I never ever ever thought I would be painting this way yeah. so I think like being open and you know trying different things like if you don't you know if you really don't connect with it at the time maybe just still take a class on it you know um, yeah. and be open to it and I think you might be surprised and and who's to say, you know, it's possible I would have taken a class on it and I would have still hated it, but at Mm -hmm. least I would have had more knowledge and I still would have gained, gained some things because nothing is a waste, you know, it's not. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You're always, it it always leads you to somewhere that you're looking back and like, Oh yeah, that was the, that was the right approach for me. (laughs) That was the Mm -hmm. right path. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah. 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 Well, um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, I was on your website a bit, which I love. And um, I thought it was Thank great you. that you have these time lapses. I thought that was a really cool idea just to have a whole section devoted to time lapse. 
Thank you. Yeah, it came about because I always had people asking me to post them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm horrible with technology, and it's mm-hmm. you know I'm supposed to be you know that age to, you know to be savvy with this, but I'm really not. So I have my interns <laughs> help me with all of that, and and they actually um, did it and posted it for me. So I thank them. <laughs> Good interns. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's. For me, it's one of those things I had to adapt to. Uh, my wife is very technologically savvy, and she taught me all the oh, little good. tricks I need to know. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, to bridge the gap and to get online and do all that stuff. So that's something I wanted to ask you about. I love that you have, you're probably one of the most traditional um, artists that I've had on the show, somebody who's actually mm-hmm. come up really old school with mm-hmm. um, traditional painting and studying abroad and you know everything about what we've talked about. I kind of am a hybrid. I did a little bit about that. And then I did a little of more just kind of figuring out my own thing and, and uh, adapting to online and stuff. I was wondering if you do any online art sales. Like, do you do any art marketplaces? Or are you pretty much no, uh, just no. on your galleries? Yes, just in my galleries. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming they have transitioned to online right now with a lot of the COVID if they weren't already. Yes, yes, they have. They have. They definitely um, are are doing a lot online. And to be honest, they were doing it before also. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, now they've learned to do some virtual shows and things like that. But, you know, these these galleries are are very, you know, they've, they've been doing what they've been doing for so many years that they have a strong clientele and a strong foundation that, you know, they already have, they already have their, their clients, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think it, it forces them to be more active and, um, I think to push themselves more to, you know, go after, you know, email and, and do that constantly and relying on them to walk in. Yes. So, so I think it's maybe giving them a little bit more work, but, um, but you know, these are established galleries. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's an adaptation process too. I mean, I think yes. I think that is the gallery that I'm represented by. We do virtual shows uh, as well. We've kind of adapted to that, and we put on probably about nine or ten of them since um, since the pandemic hit. And it's interesting because the gallery owner and I've talked about it a lot, and mm-hmm. we've talked about what what we're going to come out with on the other end. Is it going to mm-hmm. be some sort of a hybrid of this, or is it just going to go mm-hmm. back to the traditional? And I think it personally, I think it's going to be a bit of a hybrid. Um, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I, th- I think it the same. I think it'll be probably both, you know, mm-hmm. I think before it was both, but now it's going to be even more. So, you know, um, yeah, I think, I think also it depends on, you know, um, the clientele and, you know, the younger generation is just more savvy, you know, period. Oh, definitely. And so, so for them to be, buying from Instagram is, is so easy and second nature. Whereas, you know, some of the older clients, um, and the older generation are not, are, 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 would never think to do that. Yeah. So I think it really depends on the gallery and the art and all of that. I agree. But at some point, the younger generation is going to become the older generation. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, yes. So, and, and, yeah. and in that time, for in that time, absolutely. I think, 
I think a lot of it is going to be virtual. I think yeah. most of it will be virtual for sure. I mean, I even, think. yeah, um, it's slipping my mind, but the um, virtual reality experiences that they're making with walking into a museum, you know, virtually, it's like, yeah. I'm gonna, I think a lot will be on that. The only thing with, um, with art, you know, of course, depends on, what kind of art, but like even mine, it's, it's very different in person. Um, and there's, it's very hard to capture the essence of the painting with the photograph because I work with metal leafing. It's similar to jewelry, you know, yeah. it's like, would you, will you buy, you know, a $30,000 diamond without holding it? I don't know. No, you know? probably not. Maybe you never know. So, Maybe in the future. Yeah. But I don't think we're quite right. there yet with me. Yes. It's a lot of, uh, I, I photograph all my own work and I do right. a lot of different angles because I want to capture the texture and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, you know, and mm-hmm. I think I do a good job, but I, I mm-hmm. get told all the time by collectors, oh, wow, your work is so much better or different in person. You know, yes. even with yes. all that, it's different. Yes. There's, a, there's yeah. a tangibility to it that just doesn't translate. Um, yes. So hopefully it's going to be one of those things where the virtual yes. is the gateway into, you know, seeing more stuff in person. I hope it brings more people into the art world. Yes, absolutely. that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, because yeah. we also this gallery I work with they do um, they've been doing the virtual the 360 degree mapping, and it's, mm-hmm. the technology's come so far it's crazy, but mm-hmm. yeah, but mm-hmm. it's different than being there in person and smelling the paint and you know seeing the different angles. Um, mm-hmm. I think but, for sure uh, you know the the connection to the artist uh, you know the direct connection is definitely enhanced during this time. Yeah, and I think it will only get more and more that way, you know, as as we move more virtual. Yeah, and don't you think it's interesting because I, I kind of come from a little bit old school. I remember the days of not having a cell phone, you know, and yes. transitioning yes. into that. Don't you feel like it's? I'm sure there's positives and negatives to this too, but don't you feel like it's almost like there's more of a window into the artist's life now? Like people want to see the artists, it's, their work oh, yeah. in the it's studio. More personal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They almost want to feel like they know you. It's way more personal for sure. For yeah. Sure. Have you yeah. found that to be a roadblock at all for you or, or does it not really matter? Um, I don't, I haven't noticed it making much of a difference again, main, probably because most of my clients are, are not, are a bit older. Yeah. Um, not to say that some of them do have Instagram accounts, but a lot of them don't, you know? Right. Um, so for me, it's a little bit different, but who, you know, I would like to grow with my work always and, and yeah. start getting some younger clients and, you know, that, that, that would be, that would be ideal. Have you been experiencing that with Instagram at all? Getting some younger clientele? Yes. Yes. I had um, a girl drive, to the gallery, which is like, you know, 45 minutes out of the city. And, um, the gallerist told me, she, you know, cause she asked her, how did you, you know, find Michelle? And you, you came here and asking for a specific piece. And the girl was like, Oh, I saw her on Instagram. Nice. <laughs> and it was, it was just funny because, <laughs> you know, the gallerist was so shocked, you know, she didn't, she didn't expect her and she was really young. So, oh and God, she bought it and she, oh, bought, that's it. Awesome. she bought it. Yeah. Yeah. She that's it. hilarious. It's a smaller painting, but yeah, she bought it. So well, um, it's funny to see too because a lot of the people who want to buy an Instagram, they don't want to make the drive. So I think that's really cool that she was like, "I saw this on Instagram, and now I'm getting in my car, I'm driving there, and I'm buying it." You know, that's yeah. awesome. 
Yeah, she took an Uber. She took an Uber. She, <laughs> of course she yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. That's, cute. That's awesome. Cute. Well, yeah. I wanted to ask you, so a lot of people who listen to this mm-hmm. are artists and some of them are younger artists and some of them maybe don't have access to some of the traditional stuff that you've had maybe. Do you have any advice to them? Like some some place to get started if they wanted to go more of a traditional approach. Like let's say a lot of people nowadays, it's like, ah, I'm just going to get on Instagram and I'm going to start my art career, you know, which is mm-hmm. fine. But mm-hmm. uh, do you have any advice to some of those artists who want to kind of go a traditional route? Yeah. Um, so depending on where where you live, there are so many local, I mean, I remember... Oh, how old was I? I was in high school. I remember what grade, but I, I would go to my local, there's an art museum in Long Island. And at night they had um, portrait painting and drawing. And I remember going in there. I mean, I was the young, I mean, literally everyone was like, I think 75 and up. <laughs> nice. um, and it was, in, and me. And yeah, um, right. so it was, but I, I tell you, I mean, I, I really, it was great practice. Um, I also went to the, what was it? Uh, it was another academy in Long Island and I took classes, the Long Island Art Academy, I want to say it was. Okay. Um, and I took several classes with workshops with them on weekends. Um, I, you know, it, it, it I mean, I don't know today's world how everything's virtual. I mean, I do think there's something with art that it's, you know, the virtual thing just, I don't feel like it's going to cut it. <laughs> I mean, no, especially it when you're, especially when you're, you know, painting a still life in front of you or, or exactly. you're painting a portrait or, you know, and you have a live model, like things like that. I really don't know how you can do virtually, but you know, you can sit at home and set set up your own still life and paint yeah. it. You know, that's better than looking at a screen and trying to mimic something that's already two dimensional onto another two dimensional canvas. So, right. um, but I, I think you know you can contact your local. I also went. I, I remember driving into the city um, and take going to the Academy of Art in, in the New York City Academy mm-hmm. of Art, and I remember taking classes with them. I took classes with uh, NYU. I took classes with. Uh, uh, the SVA school visual arts program I did in Barcelona was, was through SVA. Uh, and we, they took all of us and we went, we studied at La Llocha in Barcelona. That was a great experience. I mean, there's so many programs and classes. You just have to like search your local area. Um, yeah. So you say, yeah. let's, let's say you're somebody who's coming up and you don't have a lot of money. You, you just recommend getting involved in like a live Drawing I think I think if it's about money first, I mean, you can set up these still lives at home. I mean, if you're interested in that, or if you're yeah. interested in landscape painting, I mean, go outside. And I mean, after school, I would drive. I remember I did a series. I used I used to paint golf courses. I drove to like I don't know thirty, forty golf courses in Long Island, and I would just <laughs> go after school and paint. And then I and then I started getting a following of you know, these, these golfers. And then oh, nice. next thing you know, I was painting at the uh, Pebble Beach in California. I also mm-hmm. went to Dana Point. So they have a beautiful golf oh, course beautiful, there. Yeah. I ended up, you know, going with my mom and I would paint and then I would come back and sell, sell all my, my golf paintings. But, you know, you can... All the golfers knew you. They're like, we want, yeah. we want to buy this. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think you don't have to. I think a lot of it, it's just, it's just practice. You know, the more yeah. time you an exercise you put into it 
Um, I did a lot of it on my own and, and you can, you know, you don't have to, uh, I think maybe after a certain point where you've, you spent so many hours by yourself doing these, you know, practicing that it's, you know, you could take a class or join something, but you don't, you know, to start, you don't, you don't need to, you know? Yeah, I agree. I feel Mm -hmm. like there were so many times that I wanted to just jump ahead about five or 10 years and just start doing the things that I wanted to do. But I was so happy when I was in school, I actually ended up working with my, my teacher, I had the assistantship and setting up still lives and like learning how to stretch canvas, but setting up a still life over and over again, really gets you <laughs> some knowledge that you wouldn't have learning how to get the lighting and the shadow and working with that for about three or four years in school too even though I wanted yes. to break the rules and do that, I'm so glad that I, I got those fundamentals down first. Like, yeah. I think the stuff, the thing with still lives is like, I think also when you're young, it might, it, it, unless you're, you're into that style, it's, it's hard, right? It's, it, it feels like you're kind of doing math equations sometimes. Oh, like yeah. You don't really want, I remember setting up in my laundry room in my house and my parents growing up and I would go to my laundry room and I would set up the still lives above the, a uh, uh, washing machine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I would sit there, and I would, you know, you know, the girl the light, who paints washing machines. <laughs> the light was so dim; it was horrible. But I had, if it wasn't for that teacher forcing me to do that, I, I don't, I don't think I would have done that. You know? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I needed to be forced to do to do that, but it, but it was good exercise. Well, because it's not like it's not sexy, you know, it's not the thing where you're yeah. like, oh, this is why I want to get into it. But I always right. have been a proponent of kind of knowing the rules before you can break them a bit. So. Absolutely. And the one thing I did enjoy when I was, I remember was the flowers. I do remember I enjoyed oh, yeah. the floral still lives um, that I really enjoyed. And I, w- I would do that. I remember I did like uh, 50, 60 paintings of just orchids. Oh, um, nice. And now it's like, I don't even like orchids. It's like, why? <laughs> but back then I was like, oh, this, this is cool. I remember using the palette knife and painting oh, yeah. each, um, each leaf of the orchid. It was, it was nice. Yeah. And when you could argue that some of that floral painting carried through to what you're doing now a little bit, right? That's right. Yeah. And here I am. I did a series. That's, that's true. Yeah. 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 Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. So I wanted to ask you real quick, is there anything I left out is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to tell people about? Uh, plug, whatever. Um, no, just if, if they're interested in my book, um, I, I sell it online on my website or uh, Michelle Sakai Art Instagram. Yes. So either either one. And um, my show is going to be coming down right now. So otherwise, I would you know say to go to go see my show. But this is the one at Alex down. Rosenberg Gallery, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, if you're in the area, check it out. If not, can you see it online? Um, yeah, actually, I think you can go to Hofstra's website and, um, and find it through there. And also, you know, just, just staying up, up to date with me on Instagram. I, I, I'm pretty current on there. Yeah, definitely. And, um, so just real quick, tell people one more time how to get to your, I mean, I'm going to put this in the show notes too, but your yes. website is www.michellesakai.com. Uh, Michelle Sakai, right? com. And feel free to DM me. I love hearing, hearing from you guys. Um, it, my handle is Michelle Sakai Art, mm-hmm. same, same spelling. And um, I look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. And, and go over and check out Michelle's work. It's awesome. It's very vibrant and alive. And 
I love the spiritual connection as well. So um, thank keep you. doing what you're doing. I know you're going to. And yeah, thanks for coming thank on the you. show. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you for your time. And it was, I, I really enjoyed speaking with you too. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Take care, Michelle. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.